You're welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Let's start from Revelation chapter 4 verse 5. Can I just teach? Give me an hour to just teach. Amen. Are you with me? Alright. You're going to have like maybe 4,000 scriptures today. Amen. <laughs> Alright. But just, just receive them. Amen. This is, this is what the Spirit of God told me to do. Just to teach. While I'm teaching you, we start seeing things. In Revelation 4, Let's start from there. Verse 5. It says, And out of the throne proceeded what? Lightnings and thunderings and voices. Where, where are they coming from? The throne. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, out of that throne will proceed lightning in your direction. Those lightnings, when God speaks, it strikes the earth. Amen. <laughs> Let me jump so that you will catch what I'm saying. Go to Psalm 29 verse 7. Let me show you something. In Psalm 29 verse 7, give it to me in New Living Translation. New Living Translation i like you to read it with me. One to go. The voice of the Lord strikes with what? Bolts of lightning. That lightning that is around his throne, when he speaks, it will strike you. <laughs> and if there was cancer in your body, it cannot stay. If there were limitations and stagnations in your life, it can't be. Those are the sudden strokes of fortune striking us. Amen. His, his voice strikes like bolts of lightning. Now, remember that this lightning is proceeding from where? The throne. Amen. That means the throne is the source of that lightning. See, it is that lightning that makes for the testimony that you hear when they say suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. suddenly. Amen. You read in Acts, the Bible says, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Suddenly happens when the lightnings of God Strike. People say, can someone just sleep and wake up in the morning and your life has changed? Yes, so. Yes. It might not have happened to everybody, but it can happen. All the Bible characters you read about, one day they were nothing, tomorrow they were something. It's the same story. Hallelujah. One day they were nothing, tomorrow they were something. David was went to play. He went on an errand, went out, he came back and became king. Is that not suddenly? 
<laughs> you know, is that not suddenly? Abraham was going on his own. God just stopped him. Say, I will make thee a great nation. It was so that suddenly. It's suddenly. What about Saul that became Paul? He was on his way to Damascus. He was not planning to be saved. He was not planning to be an apostle. The lightning struck him. Struck him. When he stood up, he became apostle. <laughs> These two evenings are your own suddenly evenings. They are your own suddenly evenings. Suddenly. Suddenly. Something struck Saul. When he struck Saul, he was blind for a season. (laughs) Hallelujah. Something struck him. He fell to the ground like a dead man. It was that lightning, this lightning I'm talking about, that will strike us in this meeting. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and the man woke up. You know, the first thing he said, Lord. Who told him the person that struck him was Lord? He knew that it was a higher power. So he had to say, Lord. Hallelujah. And a man that was on his way to do evil returned back with a new testimony. I don't know where you are on your way to. But this lightning will reverse where you are going to. It will alter where you are going to. It will interrupt the old plan. (laughs) The way you talk will be changed. The things you are doing will be different. Those lightnings have been there. They've been there. They've been there since. So on his way, on his way, one day they say, You are king. The moment they laid hands on him, the moment Samuel anointed him, suddenly, Saul met prophets and started prophesying. They say, He saw, since when did he, we've never known him as a prophet. When did he start prophesying? Suddenly. We've never known him as a, as, a, as a millionaire. When did he become a millionaire? Suddenly. We've never known how to be an organized person. When did he start getting organized? Suddenly. We've never known him to be a strong person. When did that kind of strength come? Suddenly. This Jesus Christ we are talking about. He has always been son of God though. But for 30 years of his life, he was in the capital workshop. Capital workshop. Then he went to Jordan. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost came upon him suddenly. When Jesus came out of that place, he had been to Galilee before. But the Bible says in Luke 4.14, And he returned in the power of the Spirit. Meaning that the same person that left Galilee is not the one that came back. This was a different Jesus. Suddenly. Happy neighbor, three people and say, suddenly, 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 glory. All through scripture, it's clear that God can suddenly change circumstances. What about nations that were in famine and a prophet came? And said, by this time tomorrow, 
And suddenly, the story of a nation changed. That your story is too small not to be affected. When this lightning will strike it, everything will change. Hallelujah. Now, but you see, this striking, this lightning, bolt of lightning that strike, they proceed from the throne of God. Give me Revelations 5. Let's now start painting that picture. And so I'm going to just obey the Holy Ghost to paint the picture that He wants painted in your heart. And everywhere you go, there will be lightnings. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Revelations 5, verse 6. Let's start from verse 5. Go to verse 5. I will read into 6. And one of the elders said unto me, Listen, this, at this point, there was an emergency in heaven. So, if we read from verse 1, I won't have time to do that. You will see that they were weeping because nobody could come open a particular book that had seven seals. Then the elder said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Now, he has prevailed, hallelujah, to do what? To open the book. That means, don't cry anymore. There is hope. There is help. It is possible. Hallelujah. But now, who did they say was coming? He was introduced as who? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how he was introduced. Say, look, wait, 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 wait. The lion, I present to you. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Then he said, coming out. Verse 6. Picture. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. Now, I want you to see this picture. Someone said, weep not. Hold on. I'm introducing someone to you. And I say, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You start clapping. When you hear lion of the tribe of Judah, what you expect to see is a lion. But when he showed up, what they saw was a lamb. Are you getting the picture? What they saw was what? A lamb. As though the lamb had been slain. They saw a lamb slain. He was introduced as the lion of the tribe of Judah. That means that he had a title. His title was the lion of the tribe of Judah. But his appearance is the lamb slain. Meaning that the greatest way the father wants you to see Jesus is as the lamb slain. No matter how he's introduced, you see him as the lamb slain. It is when you see him, see, he's proceeding from the throne of God, where those lightnings are. The moment you see him, those lightnings will start striking you. And not just see him, when you see him as the lamb slain. Don't forget this. He was introduced as the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he appeared as the lamb slain. 
It means that the greatest picture you can have of God is to see Him as a lamb slain. Hallelujah. You see, this was what Paul understood. Paul spoke with such audacity. If you read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul was saying, look, look, look. He said, see, when I came to you, I came not with um, a thousand words of man's wisdom and uh, declaring to you the testament of God. He said, but, this, he said, I, I, for I determine not, verse 2, for I determine not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and His crucifixion. He would have as well said, I determined not to know anything among you except the Lamb slain. That means that that crucifixion, if you see that picture, if you see that picture, hallelujah, if your heart sees that picture, that's it. He said, for I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Glory to God. He said, and my speech and preaching, verse 4, was not in enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, but it was in demonstration. That means that Paul was saying that the reason why there were demonstrations of the spirit and power is that I made sure that it was the lamb slain I was presenting. And anytime I present the lamb slain, there will be lightnings. The one that presents and the one that sees will have the same lightnings. Amen? Lightnings. Lightnings. So he said, verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 2, he said, that your faith, the reason is this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Meaning that any time that crucifixion is presented, God's power God's power and the crucifixion, they, are, they can be used interchangeably. Amen. Amen. So your faith should stand in God's, in the dynamis of God. That means that when you see the lamb slain, you will see the dynamis of God in your life. The dynamis is the power of God. The dynamic working of God. The miraculous power of God. That's the dynamis. So he was introduced as Lion of tribe of Judah. How did they see him? The Lamb slain. Look at your neighbor say, See the Lamb slain. Say it again, See the Lamb slain. Now, the, the question you would want to ask is, Why was he seen as a Lamb? Hallelujah. What does a Lamb mean? Of course, first of all, a Lamb is a young sheep. Alright? What does a lamb mean? A lamb. A lamb. A lamb is symbolic of the character and the, the vicarious suffering of Jesus. Vicarious means substitutionary suffering. So, it is a symbol of his character and his substitutionary suffering. Hallelujah. So, God wants you to always see the suffering of Christ. On your behalf. Hallelujah. So he always presents him as a lamb. Glory to God. Are you getting the picture? As a lamb. As a lamb. Glory to God. Can we continue teaching? Amen. Now. Let's read. Revelation 13 verse 8. Then. Who will run along from there. You will now understand when the New Testament says, looking unto Jesus. Glory. What he's saying is, looking unto the lamb slain. 
Hallelujah. That means look away from your own suffering. Look away from your own struggle. Look away from your own self-effort. And look to what he has already done. Because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Revelation 13, 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of who? The Lamb slain when? From the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Ever say the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Let me explain this part of it because we're painting a picture. And when that picture is complete, the lightning will strike. Jesus is referred to as a lamb slain when? From the foundation of the world. It's talking about, it's trying to locate a period or a time that that happened. Hallelujah. So he said, from the foundation of the world. Am I communicating? This thing that I just said from the foundation of the world, if you see it, you will understand why your salvation is a sure thing. You will understand why healing and prosperity is a sure thing. You understand why you actually have nothing to do with it than to collect it. This lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Let me preempt myself. Most of the time, we think about the sacrifice of Jesus as 2,000 years ago. Amen? That was when it physically happened on earth. Amen? About 2,000 years ago, Jesus came physically and died on the cross. But the scripture is telling you that before it happened physically, it had actually happened before that time. Remember, there's one name that Jesus answers that tells a lot about who he is. The name is Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega are the Greek alphabets, the first and the last. Hallelujah. It's like saying A to Z. So when Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, he's saying, I'm A to Z. Amen. Are you getting the picture? That's what he's saying. Now, what actually means is that he is the reference point of all time and eternity. Hallelujah. That's what Alpha and Omega means. It means that he's saying that, look, through time, it's not by accident that today dates are measured or recorded BC or AD. Ah. Are you getting the picture? Because he's the Alpha and Omega. Well, even those that don't believe him don't understand that time is still referring to him to get bearing. But Alpha and Omega means that it's not just time, even eternity. Hallelujah. He's still the reference point of all eternity. Why is that so? Because he was slain from the foundation of the world means he was slain before man's own beginning started. In Genesis chapter 1, where the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That beginning God is talking about, I hope you know it's your own beginning. I hope you know it's the beginning of mankind. It's not God's beginning. Amen. Am I communicating? That means that before Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the lamb was slain. Before the content page, the lamb was slain. Are you getting the picture? 
the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. After it had been slain, the lamb had been slain. Then he said, now let's start writing the book for man. Amen. Hold on. We're going somewhere. Now, it is important for me to paint this picture, then I'll show you scriptures. Some of you here are into, some of you might have an idea about maybe home video, film production. You know, you know a little about film production. Uh, maybe you're into movies and all that. When, forgive Nollywood if they don't do it, but normal production, TV and video production, before a movie comes out, the first thing is the script. Everybody say the script. Okay. The script is simply the written story. Every movie is a story. Isn't it not so? So you say, oh, a man was, um, 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 is revenging his, the death of his son. That's the story. The story is a story of revenge. Alright? So someone writes out the story that is in his mind. And he writes the story out. After writing the story, that writing story is called script writing. The next thing is, they are supposed to do what they call storyboarding. Amen? Storyboarding is, when I say a storyboard, a board with stories, alright? A storyboard is simply that in the movie they want to act, if you are not going to act a movie and the script is for a novel, you don't need to do storyboard. Amen? But if you want to make that, that written script to become a picture, you go through storyboarding. Amen? Amen. In the storyboard, what do they do? In the script, the script must have written that, and then a maker now shouted and ran out of the room. They want to make sure that the director actually gets the expression. Alright? They could call someone in those days, someone actually draw. You understand that? So, a storyboard is a graphic and pictorial illustration of the acts and the scenes. Hallelujah. In a predetermined sequence. Are you understanding me? So, if the person was supposed to shout like this and then run, they will show the picture. Shout, then they will show running. So, when the director looks at the storyboard, he can tell what will happen next. What will happen next? What will happen next? Are you understanding me? So, that storyboard, at that time there are no actors, so they have not brought the actors. There is storyboard from beginning to end. Then he now brings actors. Uh, come, you are going to add this part. Eh? Now, God had a storyboard before Genesis chapter 1 started. Genesis chapter 1 is when the actors were called to come and act their parts. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? But there was a storyboard. There was a storyboard. It is that storyboard that the prophets of old will be praying and they will see in a vision. Amen. Amen. On the storyboard, Jesus has already been slain. Amen. Amen. He had already been slain before he will be slain physically. Before you come out and act the parts of being slain. Am I communicating? That's why the Bible tells you in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. And the word became flesh. That means it pre-existed. Hallelujah. 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen? Amen. Now, understand this. Let's go to Matthew 13, verse 35. I'll show you something. Hold that storyboard in your mind. Amen? In Matthew 13, 35, it says something. I'm just going to show you several scriptures that explain that this lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. It means that this, this foundation of the world is in the eternal past. Amen? That's the storyboard I'm talking about. Are you there? Matthew 13, verse 35. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret. When? From the foundation of the world. That means there are things that had happened before man came. Without revelation, you will never know them. One of the things, and the greatest thing that ever happened was that the lamb was slain. Amen. Amen. If you wanted to speak theological English, you would say in the eternal counsels of God, the lamb was already slain. Amen. Amen. So he said, I will utter things which have been kept secret when? From the foundation of the world. Before time. I will, now I'm going to utter them. To utter means I'm going to speak them forth. I'll show you another scripture that still establishes Matthew 25 verse 34. We're going to read like two more scriptures. Matthew 25 verse 34. It's just, I want to just point out that these things before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. The drama before the foundation of the world. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you when? From the foundation of the world. That means that kingdom that has been prepared, it was prepared for us from the foundation of the world. I'll give you a scripture that is not on my text. It's in Ephesians 1.4. Alright? It says, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Did you see that? That means that you were already chosen before when Genesis 1 started. Amen. According as he had chosen who? You. In him. Before the foundation of the world. And he chose you that you will be without blame and holy before him. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, all this was when the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. You were chosen to be in him. That's why you heard the call today. And got born again. Amen. You were already chosen in him. You found out later. But God already proposed that you were part of this plan. But let's stay on course. Let's stay on course. John 17, 24. Then I'm going to show you First Peter 1 after that. John 17, 24. Go there. I'm just showing you before the foundation of the world, alright? Father, you know these teachings we're giving are foundational teachings for the body of Christ. Amen? So we have to give all the scriptures so pastors, ministers, and people could take them and teach others. Hallelujah. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me, this was Jesus praying, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. This was Jesus talking. That means that before time, the lamb was slain. Amen? He said, you, you loved me before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. One, one more scripture. Um, First Peter 1. 
my point should be in verse 19. But I'd like to start from verse 18. So it will give you some context. Oh, this scripture is lovely. It says, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now that means that it was not money they used to buy you. From your vain conversation, which you received from the tradition of your fathers. Alright? He said, look, you are not redeemed with silver and gold. Then he said, explaining what you were redeemed by. Verse 19. Rather, he says, you are redeemed what? With the precious blood of Christ. As a lamb without blemish, without spots. Amen. Amen. So, he's telling you how you were redeemed. By what? The precious blood. And then he refers to Jesus as what? The lamb that is without blemish and without spot. Verse 20 is the big one. That this lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Pause. That means that this sacrifice was foreordained before time. But now it says, but was manifest in these last times for you. To manifest means to display. That the actual drama was acted for you. 2,000 years ago. Amen. But the original thing, the real deal happened before God created everything. This will make you understand that this thing was not your idea in the first place. Amen. The Bible says, according to God, who worketh all things according to the purpose of his own will. Meaning that before time, God already decided that these people, I will pay for them to be saved. It might have taken thousands of years for the message to finally arrive. But God never lost track of what he wanted to achieve from the beginning. I pray that you see the lamb slain. The lamb slain when? From the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, having painted this picture, let's go a little deeper. Hallelujah. Listen. Every Jewish person, a practicing Jew, understands the concept of the lamb. Has an idea. When you talk about the lamb, they've read it in scriptures before. Amen? So, when John the Baptist, in John chapter 1, verse 29, lifted up his voice and said, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. When he said it, it's either they should stone him or they should believe him. Because they all understood what he was talking about. John 1.29 The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, we take away the sin of the world. Meaning that John was saying, This Jesus is that Lamb that these prophets have been talking about since. Give me verse 36 of this same chapter. Yeah? And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, again, Behold the Lamb of God. Amen? Listen, even John wanted people to see the Lamb. Now, my duty today is that you, behold the Lamb of God. See the Lamb of God. When you see Him, you will see that your sins are on Him. 
the punishment for your sins are on him. You will see that the HIV that belongs to you is on him. You will see that the cancer that they told you will kill you. No, no, no. It's actually on him. Amen. You will see that poverty was laid on him. You will see that defeat and death were laid on him. And then you will walk free. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Now, remember, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. So he called him the Lamb of God. There are two powerful prophets that have spoken about the Lamb. One of them is Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 53, the whole chapter 53 talks about the suffering of the Messiah. Of course, verse 1 starts by saying, Who had believed our reports? So he started giving the reports. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, I want to skip to verse 7. In verse 7, he now paints that picture that I want you to see. It says, he was oppressed. This suffering Messiah was oppressed. Tap your neighbor and say, Jesus was oppressed. Now, anything you saw that Jesus experienced is showing you what you should not experience. If he was oppressed, you shouldn't be oppressed. Jesus had taken your oppression. So you have a right to reject any oppression around you. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. So that you will also not be afflicted. Yet, he opened not his mouth. He never murmured. He never complained. He was doing it for you and I. Do you know why he didn't murmur? He didn't complain? Because you, you deserved it. Since he was taking it for you, he couldn't complain. Because he was receiving the punishment for somebody that actually committed the crime. Are you understanding me? So he took your place. Amen. He took your place. He was afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth. He is brought. See the picture. You will know that Isaiah in the visions of God was actually reading the storyboard. He was telling the story of the storyboard when he was prophesying. Are you understanding me? Look at the graphic illustration he was giving. As though he was there. That means that he, he, God unveiled the storyboard for him. And he peeped into it. And he said, hey, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Hallelujah. He was led as a lamb to the... He said, they brought him as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before Asherah's is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. So Isaiah spoke of that lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. That was led to the slaughter. The lamb to the slaughter is a lamb slain. Another word for slain is slaughter. Hallelujah. Alright? So, it either used interchangeably, say the lamb slain or the lamb slaughtered. Alright? Now, another prophet, Jeremiah, chapter 11, verse 19. Jeremiah spoke. You know, let me say, sometimes some prophets, they will see things. Their job is just to say what they are seeing. You don't have to understand what you are seeing. Just say it. So, Jeremiah said something powerful too. 11, 19. He said, but I was like a lamb. Or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. Amen. Amen. 
He saw something, a picture of a sacrificial animal that was brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me. Saying, let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof. And let us cut him off from the land of the living. The language already tells you is Jesus. The Bible says he was cut from the land of the living. Isaiah said so too. Then he says, that his name may be no more remembered. But it was a mistake. That's what made the name to be remembered. So, Isaiah and Jeremiah spoke in graphic terms about the lamb slain. Amen? Remember, when did it happen? Before the foundation of the world. Amen? Is that when it happened? Before the foundation of the world. Glory to God. Now, I have more time than I thought, so I'll, I'll take my time. Listen. This lamb that was slain is the reason, listen oh, carefully now, so we are taking it further now. The reason why every sacrifice that was ever made in the Bible of cleaning an animal, slaughtering a lamb, the reason why it was effective was that the, it was a type of the lamb that was already slain from the foundation of the world. If the lamb was not slain from the foundation of the world, all the sacrifices would not have meant anything. The real blood that was covering sins was the lamb slain. Not the blood of bulls and goats. God was the first to introduce that. Amen? In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam sinned, listen, the moment Adam sinned, Adam did not seem to have a revelation, but Adam sinned. And then the Bible says, Adam took leaves, fig leaves, and made up aprons and covered his nakedness. His nakedness is his shame. Hallelujah. He wanted to have confidence in his own self-efforts. Are you understanding me? So he helped himself to feel good. But he did not settle the matter. God did something. I'd like to show you something in Genesis 3. Let's just look at verse 21. Amen? Genesis 3, 21. Hey, glory to God. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make what? Coats of skins and clothed them. Skin was from animal. That means you cannot take an animal skin without killing the animal. So God was the first that introduced animal sacrifice as a symbol of the lamb slain. Amen. 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 So he said, no, 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 this will not help your sins. Let me do something. Then he took the coat of skins from an animal. Bible scholars believe it was a lamb, even though it was not mentioned. And he took it and clothed them. Amen. Amen. That was the first time ever blood was made to atone for sin. And through time, several people, patriarchs of old, all they recognized was that maybe in their times of fellowship with God, they saw something. Hallelujah. Hi, glory to God. Ask your neighbor, are you ready for this? Should we continue? Amen. <laughs> are you sure we should continue? Thank you, Father. If I start ministering now, God is going to touch you mightily. But I want you to go home with these truths. Amen. Take it with you. Let generations after call you blessed 
that your ears heard these things. Amen. The reason all the sacrifices in Exodus, Leviticus, all those sacrifices ever had any meaning was because of the lamb slain. So, by that action they were taking, they were connecting to something that already happened before the foundation of the world. And so that blood will speak for them. Amen? Now, some of you say, eh, is that what happened? Let me explain it this way. You know, in Matthew chapter 8, listen to Listen to what I want to say now. I'll show you verse 16 and 17. Tap your neighbor and say, I hope you are hearing these things. I hope you are receiving these things. Now, in Matthew 8 verse 16, it says, When the evening was come, they brought unto him, they brought unto Jesus, who? Many that were possessed with devils. This was Jesus before he died. Okay? And he cast out the spirits with his word. So Jesus was already casting out demons. And heal all that we are sick. Verse 17 now says something that theologians have not been able to explain. He says that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now hold on. Jesus was healing the sick to fulfill Isaiah. But the, what Isaiah said has not yet happened. Amen. Are you understanding me? Isaiah said that, now, why, no, all of us here, we, by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, is it not? Okay. Now Jesus was saying that before he died, he was also saying by his stripes you are healed. Amen. Before Jesus, the Jesus that died, he had not died. He was already healing people by the stripes. Amen. Amen. And the scripture said that he was doing it that it might be fulfilled. So that means it had already happened. Amen. Are you catching that picture? That means that Jesus was not drawing from what will happen later. He was drawing from what had happened before the foundation of the world. Jesus was not the only one that drew from that. All the patriarchs that were mentioned in Hebrews 11. The reason why their main names were mentioned as heroes of faith was that all of them saw the lamb slain. Time will fail me to show you one after the other. Abel. Let's just use Abel for example. Abel had a brother, Cain. Huh? Cain decided to give God an offering. The Bible says that Cain was um, um, a farmer. Let's use that term. Hallelujah. Then Abel was a keeper of flock. When they went to offer sacrifices, Abel took the firstlings, hallelujah, of his flock. The question is asked, who taught him? He had a revelation. Amen? Amen. And he took an animal and offered as a sacrifice. That's why his sacrifice was accepted. In Hebrews 11, the Bible says that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. That means that that thing he did touched the heart of God because of something he had seen. Amen. And then he declared that Abel's, he said, he called him, he said, Abel's blood kept speaking after he had died. Abel was the first person mentioned in Hebrews 11. Alright? 
Abel was mentioned. Then after that, Enoch was mentioned. Uh, Abraham, it goes down and down. Noah was mentioned, sorry. Then Abraham, it goes down and down. All of them did one thing or the other to prove that they had a vision. They saw the storyboard. Amen. They saw the storyboard and they were acting it out. In their prayers, they saw something like that. And they acted it out. Hallelujah. Let me use Abraham's own. Clearly. Um, Abraham was called of God. You know, the Bible says that Abraham was justified by faith. Amen? Amen. That means that God referred to him as righteous. Not because of his circumcision. Because of his faith. It's not just faith in God. He saw something. Abraham saw something. In the New Testament, in Galatians 4, um, let's read from Romans. Romans 4.13. Just put up Romans 4.13. It says, For the promise that Abraham should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham and to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Amen? Okay? So there was a promise God gave to Abraham that he was going to be the heir. That means that heir of the world means you will own this world. Amen? You are, you are the owner. See, the sea of O of the whole world and putting it in your hand. Amen? That that promise did not come through the law. It came to him by that righteousness, hallelujah, that you also have. That makes you also the heir of the world. Anybody that receives that righteousness by faith automatically becomes the heir of the world. Nobody deserves to own everything God owns except God sees him as righteous. Hi. Amen. We are still trying to paint Abraham's picture. What did Abraham see? Abraham was walking with God. But something happened. We always tell the story of Abraham and this is how we always paint the picture. That Abraham, I've heard ministers say this and I've always thought it was that way until the Lord taught me otherwise. That Abraham took Isaac his son and went to sacrifice Isaac, his son. And because of what he was about to do, God was challenged. God said, eh? An ordinary man can sacrifice his son. Me too, I will sacrifice my son. No, it was the other way around. Abraham did not challenge God. God challenged Abraham. Amen? Amen. What actually happened was that Abraham, in the visions of God, has seen God present his only son. And sacrifice him. And raise that son back again. So when God now said, Hey, bring Isaac. He believed too. That if he sacrifices Isaac, Isaac will be raised again. Hallelujah. He believed that. Put up Hebrews 11. Let me just read 17 to 19. Abraham believed. Because he saw it in the visions of God. He saw that God gave his son. And the son was sacrificed. And then the son rose again. He saw that resurrection. By faith. Hebrews 11 verse 17. Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. The same way God gave his own. He gave his own only begotten son. Hallelujah. And when God was speaking to Abraham, remember, remember what God said to him? 
gave Isaac. He now said, thine only son. But God knew that there was an Ishmael. God was saying, thy only son, just like you saw my only son. Eh? The same thing you would do. Verse 18. Of whom it was said that in Isaac's side as he be called. Verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up. That means he, 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 he knew that God was able to raise him up. Even from the dead. From whence also he received him in a figure. Give it to me in um, NLT. Let's just see NLT here. Good. Verse 19. NLT. New Living Translation. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Somehow, in his mind, he has given him and he has received him. The same way God gave his son and received him. You will think this was all. Let's go to Genesis 22. Genesis 22 is where the picture of God and Isaac carrying, sorry, Abraham carrying Isaac to the place of sacrifice. Look at verse 6. Let's start from verse 6. King James, back to King James. Good. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon, his, upon Isaac his son. Alright? The wood, put it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. Next verse. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Hallelujah. He said, Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Because he knows that for the thing to be complete, there has to be a lamb. You will see how Abraham prophetically intimated us about Jesus in the statement he made in verse 8. Verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, in your Bible, underline that part that says, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. That means that in the picture I saw, God provided himself a lamb. Amen? That's why Jesus is called the Lamb of God. The one that came from God. Men were bringing lambs before. God now brought his own. The final lamb. So he said, look, God will provide himself a lamb. That was the picture he saw. Amen. Thank God he provided himself a lamb. I said, thank God he provided himself a lamb. So he said, God. So it means that Abraham saw the picture of the lamb slain. That's the word I'm trying to point out. All the men you wrote, read about in Hebrews 11 had a picture of the suffering Messiah or his resurrection or something about the Christ. And that's where their names were written. Enoch prophesied about Christ. He read Enoch's story in Jude, in the book of Jude, in the New Testament, chapter 1, out of verse 24 25. He said he saw the Lord with 10,000 of saints. This was Enoch in Genesis 6. He had a vision of Christ. Amen. His name had to be written. They say Enoch walked with God. And God took him. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Today, he wants you to see that the lamb was actually slain for you. So I'll end on this note. My last scripture. God helping me. 
Revelations 5.12 Amen. Say with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and honor uh, sorry, and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. What was he talking about? This is the part where we receive. The word wordy. Ever say wordy? wordy. Look at your neighbor say wordy. wordy. Ask your neighbor, are you wordy? Worthy means to be deserving. Alright? To qualify. Now, he said Jesus, he referred to him as, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Now, there's a way we read it. Um, Let me see how good my English is. Let me try and say what it was not saying, so that you understand what it was saying. What it was saying was that this lamb that was slain, the purpose of being slain was so that he would receive these things. Amen? The reason why he was slaughtered was so that power Riches, wisdom, strength, glory, honor, blessing will all belong to him. Now, that is the purpose of being slain. All through scripture, everything man is looking for is in these seven things that are listed. Everything you are looking for is in one of these seven things. Amen? Everything you are looking for in life is in one of these seven things. Have you heard in Psalms, politicians use that language a lot. Power belongeth unto God. You heard it? What he's saying is this. When the lamb was slain, oh, the one that, the, hey, the one that has the license to distribute power became Jesus. The one that has the authority and the license to distribute wisdom, riches, glory, strength, honor, blessing, is Jesus. He was slain so that he will have total ownership. Are you understanding me? Total ownership of these seven things listed. Paul, sorry, Peter was making a statement one time, one of the scriptures in First or Second Peter, where he said, look, he now said that that all things that pertain unto life and godliness, you, you know that phrase, all things that pertain, these are all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen? Everything you are looking for is in one of these things. Either power, riches, wisdom, strength, Honor, glory, or blessing. When the lamb was slain, he took ownership of everything. And he took ownership of these things, not for himself, for the church. For you. For you. Now, when the Bible says, he was 
The word received there is lambano. Because he was slain, he had a right to take dunamis as his personal belonging. He had a right to take this which is there is actually talking about money and possessions and fortune. Amen. Wealth. Literally, money. Hallelujah. That's the riches talked about. There's no spiritualizing it. That's what it meant. He said that he was slain to take it. Are you understanding me? As he was slain, he took it. He seized it. So riches belong to him. Are you getting the picture? Now, wisdom there is Sophia. That's why the Bible tells us that, see, Christ is your wisdom. Because, because he was slain, he took all wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. It now belongs to him. Nobody has superior wisdom than what he has. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's the licensor of wisdom. Amen. He said, then the, the, the Greek word there is Sophia. Then strength. Iskos. Talks about might. Force. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, we talk about ah, the might of an army. You understand that? He said, look, he took it also. He took all might. Amen. All strength. All force. Hallelujah. Different from dunamis. Then he says, and honor. Glory to God. Honor. Value. Respect. Regard. Hallelujah. He took it. Glory. Doxa. Hallelujah. He took it. The splendor of God. The totality of God's beauty. He took it. And blessing. Amen. Amen. He took it. Amen. Amen. Now, remember. The scripture says that you are joint heirs with Christ. Everything he took ownership of. Belongs to you too. So the lamb was slain. For you to receive dunamis. The lamb was slain. That's why your life should never lack dunamis. Should never lack the miraculous power of God. Listen. When you see the lamb slain, dunamis will be in action. When you see the lamb slain, riches, hallelujah. Because he took it. All of the wealth and riches of this world belong to Jesus. And they belong to you. Do you know why this truth is important? Some of you don't think you deserve to own you deserve to own the finest hotel building in this town. Say, well, I don't no no no. Jesus was slain for you to own it. He didn't catch me. Some of you hear that somebody has one hundred hectares of land. You say, Hey, where's small me? No, no, no. Jesus died. For though he was rich. Yet for Emeka's sake, for Pastor TV's sake, he became poor. That you, you, you through his poverty might become rich. All of the land belongs to you. All of the estates belong to you. If you have need of them, call it forth. Call it forth. They will answer. They will answer. There are many title deeds though. The original title deed of the earth has on it written Christ Jesus. And your name is inside that title deed. Christ Jesus and you. Are you understanding me? 
all riches because of the lamb slain. That is why when anybody wants to walk in supernatural power, he has to see the picture of the lamb slain. When you see that picture of the lamb slain, the lightning will strike you with power. It will strike you with riches. It will strike you with honor. It will strike you with wisdom. It will strike you with strength. Glory, honor, blessing. Hallelujah. Because you have seen the lamb slain. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Making the